Okay, so the, the sermon series that I choose for this month is called The Usual Suspect. Um, hopefully, hopefully most of you have seen the movie. There is this group of criminals that it seems like every time something, a specific type of crime happens, they were the group that were selected to be asked questions because they fit that profile or they did that before. But it was one of them who wasn't really a suspect because he, um, he was kind of slow and had a disability or pretended to have a disability. And at the end, he was the mastermind of, of everything. So the idea of this month is to talk about those people that, um, and, and I like, oh my gosh, I put the, actually, that's the movie thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one that I made. Because you sent it to me as a page. That's, yeah, I sent, you the, I sent you the wrong one. What am I supposed to do with the pages file? <laughs> sent you the wrong one. I, I like that one better. <laughs> um, but I want to I focus on, on those group of people, and I want to focus on, um, on the scripture, on those people that we just haven't, haven't focused a lot. But let me, let me give you a little bit of context for what I'm going to share today. So, I grew up, when I, where I grew up in Argentina, we were raised pretty much from my grandma. My grandma was living with us because my dad and my mom, they have, they have two jobs. So, they, the only way that they can keep us alive, the four of us, was with my grandma living with us. And she was a great cook. And my mom learned, never learned to cook because of my grandma. But my grandma had three daughters. So the, the one on the left is called Stella. The one in the middle is Chatty. The one in the middle is my mom. And the other one is Susanna. And the old lady is my, my grandma, was my grandma. She passed away. That picture actually was almost three years before she passed away. Um, so my grandma had these three daughters, Stella, Chari, and Susana. And my grandma and my tia Stella, this one right here, they had a terrible, terrible relationship. Like all, all the grandchildren knew um, how bad they were getting along. And, and one day they decided to share the story with us for why they just dislike, well, my aunt disliked my grandma a lot. And so it happens that when my mom and my tia Susana, the one in the red over there, um, so my mom is 75 there, by the way. Russia, awesome jeans. She's the one in the middle, my mom. And my grandma lived until she was 95. She buried her three sons-in-laws. So just, that was always a joke in the family. Um, so my mom and my, my tia, uh, they got sick. They were really sick. There was this weird virus happening in Argentina um, that people were getting really sick, really weak, and a lot of them were dying. And a lot of children were getting it. And my, my aunt and my mom, they were, I think they were like 8 and 10 when they got it. And the oldest one, 
Stella, she didn't get it. And so my mom and her younger sister, they spent a lot of time in the hospital. And my grandma spent a lot of time with them in the hospital. And my great-grandma was taking care of the older one. So one day, there was this lady, she was the wife, because uh, um, the doctor told my grandma that there was a place in another city called Cordoba, which is the other way of Argentina, uh, half, half, you need to walk half the country, uh, where people can, was getting treatment and they were getting well there. Uh, but my family, so my family was poor, they were, especially when my grandma, my mom was um, young. They could not afford that. So one day there was a lady that came to the city. She was, she was the wife of a politician and she was always with the people. She was, and, and she did not care about getting sick and she was visiting the children and everybody. And, and my mom and my aunt got to know her. And when she was leaving, the doctor decided to just run towards her. He got tackled by security. And this lady, the wife of the, this politician, asked the security just to step away. And this is the way my grandma shares the story that she said that, told the, the, this security to never get in the middle between her and the people again. And so the lady asked the doctor what was going on. And the doctor said, look, we have these two young girls that you just saw. And they need, they need help. They need to go, there is a place in another city where they can be taken care of, but they don't have the money for it. So this lady told him, okay, let me see what I can do. So the next day, the doctor receives in his office an envelope with a lot of money and with the, with the legend that said, uh, I think legend, with a phrase or something that said, um, I hope this money is enough. Let me know if you need more. And sign her name it was Evita. She was Eva Peron. Um, she was the lady that gave the money for my mom and my aunt to get to the city that they needed to go. The problem with that was that my mom and my aunt and my grandma had to go to another city and they lived there for nine months while my great-grandma was taking care of my Aunt Stella. So my great-grandma during those months kept telling my Aunt Stella that her mom abandoned her. So from that time, the resentment stayed there. Um, but my mom always, from that moment, she worshipped Evita. We had pictures of her all over the place, in the house. Um, you can hear they, they, sing, they used to have a sing for them, a hymn for them, and they used to sing over and over again. And they keep, in, until the day my grandma died, she kept saying, Evita save my daughters. Evita save my daughters. And one day I asked, I asked my grandma, so, but what was the name of the doctor that contacted Evita? And she doesn't remember. So, I think one of the reasons why my grandma remembers Evita is because she was the leader of the moment. She was one of the most influential people and, and charismatic people in Argentina. She had everything that you can expect and a savior at that moment. So she fit the profile of 
this is the person that I have to remember for what happened, instead of the doctor that actually took care of them from the beginning and even risked his own life reaching out to Evita to save them. And I think, and there is a lot of that, not only in history, but in our own lives and in the Bible. So if I ask the names Sifra and Pua, does anybody know who I'm talking about? Nick? Well, because you read my notes. You're disqualified, man. <laughs> Let's see. Um, another picture of them. There are a lot of different pictures of them on Google. Okay, so no idea who they are, right? If I say, if I ask, who saved Israel from Pharaoh? Who opened the sea and saved Israel? Moses. Um, do you remember Moses' sister's name? Guys, we need to do more Bible studies. Miriam. <laughs> Moses' brother? We're looking at you, Nick. You read the notes. <laughs> Aaron. So the thing is, when we talk about the history of Israel and, and how Israel was saved, we, so the first person that comes to our mind is Moses. Because he, he was the leader that got chose, uh, that got chose, chose, he, chosen. He was the, the, the guy that spoke to a tree that was set on fire. When he was born, his sister put him in a basket and saved him. He had his brother who was helping him with the people. Aaron, he became one of the priests. His father-in-law also was famous because he was wise. He gave Moses a lot of advice. But we don't hear, when it comes to the salvation of Israel in that time, we don't hear about these two ladies. And these two ladies are as we're going to read, I'm going to read in a second. So important. So important. And sadly, the, out of the 23,175 verses that are in the Bible, only seven of those verses are about them. So let me, let me read. Let me read the scripture first. I'll have it here. I can do it here. So the king of Egypt had a talk with the two Hebrew midwives. One was named Sephira and the other one Pua. And he said, when you deliver the Hebrew woman, look at the sex of the baby. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But the midwife had a far too much respect for God and, did, and didn't do what the king of Egypt ordered. They let the boy babies live. The king of Egypt called in the midwife, why didn't you obey my orders? You let those babies live. The midwife answered Pharaoh, The Hebrew women aren't, like aren't like the Egyptian women. They're vigorous. Before the midwife can get there, they already had the, their baby. God was pleased with the midwife. 
the people continue to increase in number, very, in number, a very strong people. And because the midwife honored God, God gave them families of their own. So Pharaoh issued a general order to all his people. Every boy that is born, drown him in the Nile, but let the girls live. So these are the two, the two women. These are the midwife that were helping the Hebrew woman, and it seems like at some times the Egyptian woman to deliver their babies. And we don't hear more about this woman. And they were extremely, extremely important because without these midwives. Israel would have been decimated and probably without these midwives, Moses wouldn't have even been born. And the reason why the Pharaoh wanted to kill most of them, boys, it was because when you leave only the female woman, the female babies leave, but not the men. So in, in that period of time, it meant if we kill all the baby boys, Israel will not have an army in the future, so they will not be able to fight us. And it will be easier to subject the woman, the men, than, than grown-up men. And these two women, these two midwives, they not only saved Moses, they saved Israel, and they created a chain of effects that pretty much saves us too. Because without Moses, there is no Israel. Without Israel, there is no Christ. Without Christ, there is definitely not us. Now there are a couple of things that are interesting about these two women that I think we need to pay attention to. And it's one of them is that they broke one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bear for witness against thy neighbor. So this midwife lied to Pharaoh. They broke what it will be eventually one of the Ten Commandments. And also, they broke another rule that we see in Scripture, which is you have to submit to authorities. You have to do what they ask you to do. You have to obey your rulers because they are God sent. Now, the new, the, the ten, um, the Ten Commandments were not written yet. That's before the Ten Commandments. And definitely the book of the uh, letter to Hebrews and the letter to Romans was not written yet. But this is the thing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if those rules even in the future they existed, it means that for God those rules of not lying was important. Those rules of obeying authority, submitting to authority was important. And to me, what this just brings to light is that life is over rules every time and that's why and that's something that we 
many times when we get into this legalistic way of being Christians, we don't pay attention. We think, uh, for example, when it comes to immigration, well, these people got into the country illegally, they had to pay. And we focus on the rules rather than on the lives that are being affected. And God chooses life over rules every time. Some people were born to change the world. Others were born to change the world of some people. These midwives doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that a prophet came and told them, you need to do this. You need to lie to the biggest authority that exists in the world right now to save the children. The Bible doesn't say that a prophet told them that. The Bible doesn't say that God's spirit came upon them and they did that. These women did what they did because they knew the difference between right and wrong. And that that meant disobeying a God. Because that's what Pharaoh was for the Egyptian people. We're not all born to change the world, but we're all born to change the world of somebody. So I want to invite you to think about those unknown people or random people in your life that they did something even, even if it was minimum to get you to where you are today. I have, I have this um, notebook at home where I have a list that I've been putting together for a lot of years already of people that have done always something that helped me to get to the next day. And something as minimum as, I, I remember I was taking a bus to go back to my hometown when I was in college because I, I, I ran out of money. I didn't have food, so I had to go back home. And I was really hungry. And I have a friend that he was even more broke than I was. And before getting in the bus, he gave me um, the last couple of pesos that he had so I can buy a drink and a snack for the, for the trip. I have, I was taking my last test in college and I was working in this car dealership and I had this boss that instead of asking me to work, he asked me to pretend that I was working and I can use his text to study. I have a list of all these people that just randomly have been of an influence in my life. And I write their names because I want to remember who they were. But we have people like this woman that we don't talk a lot and they save Israel and they are as important as Moses. But they don't fit the profile of the usual suspects of how a leader should look like. And for that, we have a lot. We have the penitent man who was crucified with Jesus. These men, with the simple phrase of saying to Jesus, remember me when you're in your kingdom, changed the entire way we see the gospel. Because these men didn't do a, a, a prayer of accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. These men 
did not get circumcised. These men didn't say anything more than just, I just know who you are. I'm humble enough to ask you to remember me. And Jesus said, you will be with me. The woman that was caught in adultery, a woman that was being blamed for being caught in adultery, and the guy was never being guilty, but just her sole presence in scripture gave us one of the biggest phrases that just brought to light how broken we are and the hypocrisy, hypocrisy in the world. The phrase that says, let the ones among you without sin be the first to cast a stone. The three wise men, the three wise men, the many wise, we don't know how many wise men are. <laughs> trying to remember from last Saturday. That we don't know their names either. We just know they were wise, they were kings, yet they came to worship Jesus and we don't know who they are. And one of the, my favorite ones, the Canaanite woman. A woman who show us that it doesn't matter if people doesn't belong to us, they deserve all our love. When she was asking to Jesus to save his daughter, her daughter, Jesus says the dog should not ask uh, from the master what is to the children. And she defied Jesus, saying even the dogs eat from the scraps that come from the table. And Jesus healed her daughter. And this woman taught us with her actions that what we do has to go beyond the walls of Christianity. Let's pray. Dear God, we ask you for courage to be like Shafira and Puach, to be like the penitent man that was condemned next to Jesus, to be like the Canaanite woman, to be like the wise man, to be, to have a life that creates a difference like the adulterous woman, that woman cut in adultery. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we can be that kind of people. That we can be people that knows who you are, that has a lot of respect for who you are, and we don't have to wait for our divine voice to come and tell us what to do. That we don't have to wait for the feeling of conviction, but to doing what is right in spite of who is telling us to stop and who is telling us to do something that we should not be doing. I pray, God, that we can become that kind of church that doesn't seek a recognition, that doesn't seek to compete with other churches but seeks to be an instrument of 
your work. That we can be like those people that nobody remembers but have made a big effect on the life of those around them. That our actions can save lives. That our actions can transform lives for good. That we can be a church that can change the world of a lot of people here in Newton. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.